You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers go up to Iowa City and defeat the Iowa Hawkeyes 84-82 to in a game that saw Iowa jump out to a huge early lead. I think it was 23-10 to at one point. They made their first 10-11 shots. Another Big Ten game where the Hoosiers just came out flat. But unlike some of those other games, Indiana battled their way back, got themselves a 13-point lead in the second half before Iowa came back and had it down to one possession. They miss, and so Indiana escapes with an 84-82 to win on what was certainly one of the most memorable games in Robert Johnson's career at Indiana. And we are going to break it all down for you here on the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I am your host, Jared Morris. I am here with Ryan Phillips. And no, Andy Bottoms isn't here. Could Andy have picked a worse game to have to miss on a Saturday afternoon than this one? I mean, obviously, he's with his family. We get it. But on the day when Robert but, Johnson but, goes but, for nine three-pointers. <laughs> he's with his family, but he's missing out on his family, the Robert Johnson family. <laughs> I, know. I know. Well, we will have to we will have to do our best in Andy's stead to celebrate what was a great day for Robert Johnson. And heck, let's kick that off with the banner moment. Because what else could you pick for the banner moment but with the score 79 to 78 with about three minutes to go, Tyler Cook had just missed uh, the back end of a, uh, of a one and one, I think, or maybe it was two shots. Uh, so it's a one point lead for Indiana. And this was after, again, Indiana had a 13 point lead and Iowa whittled it down really quickly. And the way that Indiana built that big lead was Robert Johnson hitting his sixth, seventh and eight three pointers of the game in a span of just a couple of minutes. And so Indiana comes down. They're clinging to this one point lead. The offense had been kind of struggling a little bit. And what happens? Robert Johnson drains another three-pointer to tie the Indiana school record of nine three-pointers in one game. It was a, just a huge day for Robert, who finishes with 29 points, 9 of 12 from downtown. And on a day when Indiana did not get a vintage performance from Jawan Morgan, he really struggled. They needed someone else to step up and provide offense because certainly, you know, the defense wasn't locking Iowa up enough uh, to where Indiana was going to be able to win with the normal amount of points that they score. And Robert Johnson was the guy who stepped up again, 29 points. And that three pointer was just absolutely huge to take it from a one point lead, push it out to four. Uh, and and obviously it was a big part of the reason why Indiana was able to win the game. We'll have much more coming on Robert Johnson's great day and some of the other strong performances turned in by other Hoosiers, not named Juwan Morgan that allowed Indiana to get this win. Uh, and we'll, be talking about all of that here uh, as we move through the show. Our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Proud, an Indiana-based t-shirt and apparel company that is by Hoosiers and for Hoosiers. And if you're wondering why, you should check out their website, HoosierProud.com, and why you should consider buying some stuff from HoosierProud.com. Let me give you a few reasons. And I'll switch it up here. The first reason I'm going to talk about today is the philanthropy. You know, when you go to HoosierProud.com and when you purchase T-shirts from Hoosier Proud, you're supporting Indiana-based charities. And if you want to know what charities you support, just go to their website because they have them listed right there. 
but let's not understate the importance of reason number two, which is the designs. I mean, that's why you go to an apparel company's website. That's why you buy T-shirts is because they have cool designs. And Hoosier Proud has great designs from the assembly call uh, uh, T-shirts that they sell there to the officially licensed IU gear that they have. And of course, their flagship products, which they really made a name for when they came out, the unique Indiana-inspired designs that feature really interesting elements from the Hoosier State. Uh, all of those available at HoosierProud.com. And the third reason, you save money. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY when you're at checkout, when you have all of your items in your shopping cart, and you will get 15% off all of your items. Not just one item, not just the assembly call t-shirts, but all the items in your shopping cart, 15% off with the promo code ASSEMBLY. Check them out at HoosierProud.com. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. It's just me and Ryan today. So, Ryan, that means it's over to you uh, for your opening rant brought to us by TheBigLead.com. Well, first of all, I, I have long said that uh, Dan Dockich as a broadcaster annoys me, but he's very smart. Like, I mean, as far as like knowing basketball, because right now Michigan State is ahead by exactly four points on Northwestern after coming back from like 25 down. And at the beginning of the second half, he said that Michigan State was going to win that game by four. So uh, Dan Dockich, who's a big fan of this show, uh, <laughs> is <laughs> I'll give him credit for that. But no, my I mean, what I have to say, I think that Indiana really struggled at times today. Again, early start, as I've always uh, not you know been a fan of those, especially when you're on the road. Uh, Iowa came out, jumped on them early. And then late, I thought Indiana really struggled. I mean, really struggled trying to stop Iowa. And and I thought the offense got real stagnant after they were up by about 13, as you said, 10 or 13 points. Um, but again, they just found a way to win, and the offense ran very smoothly late. And, and it's, it's, it's really funny to look how staggering the difference is between late clock situations under Archie Miller and the past regime. And you also look at late game defense and and... Indiana, you know, if you take out that insane Iowa start, Indiana held Iowa probably around where you would expect. Probably would have been in the high 60s if you take out that ridiculous hot start. Iowa finished with 82. Um, but it, it, what I loved too late is they put the ball in the hands of Devontae Green, Robert Johnson, and let him make plays. And Devontae Green just he he had a, he had one late turnover that was his only turnover of the game and then he came back on the next possession through an incredible pass to Freddie McSwain for what ended up being the clinching bucket um you know just it just that a pass was amazing just a wraparound <laughs> pass with a lot of top spin on it so it sort of bounced into McSwain instead of just bouncing straight uh and, and McSwain wasn't open when he threw the pass it was like a quarterback you know throwing as his guy comes out of his break. He just knew he was going to be there. He trusted McSwain to gather and finish, and he did. And and that was, I thought, the play of the game. Uh, Robert Johnson obviously had a great game, but I, I thought that that pass from Devontae Green and the way Devontae Green played early, too, to help stem the tide of that Iowa run early uh, really was key to this game. He finished with 18 points, four rebounds, six assists, a steal, and only one turnover, and was seven of 10 from the field and four or five from three. Um, you saw sort of a hiccup in his last game, uh, but I thought this was more of the Devontae Green we've been seeing lately, and I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, no question about it. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips, and we were breaking down Indiana's 84-82 to victory over Iowa, which takes the Hoosiers to 16-12 and overall this season, so guarantees that Indiana uh, will finish above 500 for the season. It puts Indiana at 9-7 and in conference play with two really important games now down the stretch at Nebraska, home against Ohio State. 
And for a team that you know really doesn't have any wins of note on its resume, uh, these are going to be two big opportunities for Indiana to get those. And so you know the Hoosiers now have won four games in a row. This was a really important win to get leading into these final two games. Uh, you know because just it sets sets the stage for those to mean even more. And Brian, you know, look, I think there are a lot of individual performances uh, that we can talk about from a positive perspective. You mentioned Devontae, Robert Johnson, obviously. I thought Justin Smith uh, really, really played well. And I want to talk about him at the top of the next segment. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Jawan Morgan because he's been a guy that, I mean, you just you just count on him. You know, he's just been so consistent this year. Uh, and I thought today was probably one of his worst performances of the season. Um, and, you know, I'm curious what you thought watching him because something just kind of seemed a little off about him the entire day. Uh, you know, it's not like the numbers are horrible. He did finish with 12 points on five of nine shooting, but, you know, only two rebounds. I thought Tyler Cook absolutely abused him down low. And, you know, another good point Dockish made there at the end of the game, you know, foul trouble doesn't prevent you from boxing a guy out. And Juwan just didn't have quite the same ferocity, you know, as a rebounder. Didn't seem to have quite the same focus offensively. You know, he, one of Indiana's worst possessions late, he just kind of drove down the lane and threw a shot up. It's almost like he was hoping to get fouled. Under the other side. Yeah. And it it never really had a chance. And, you know, there was a play, probably his best play was that was an and one that he had late. And he, you know, afterwards, he looked really frustrated. You know, Devontae Green kind of tried to settle him down. And so, you know, who knows? That, that's the thing you never know about guys is, you know, they could have something going on in their personal lives that has them frustrated or maybe foul trouble had him frustrated. But whatever it was, he just didn't seem like himself today. Do you think that was kind of game flow, how Iowa frustrated him early or, or something else going on there? With well, you? he had to sit a significant portion of the first half with foul trouble, and I think that probably got him a little bit out of his rhythm. Um, but he's and, bounced back from that before. He, I, I know, I, I know. I mean, but, you know, early game on the road, you know, uh, late in the season, I, I just thought he looked a little flat-footed today, and especially after he came back in, he had some he had some nice plays from time to time. But I think he was also frustrated with Iowa's length and size inside, and you yeah. kept hearing Dockage talk about how you know he can't shoot over Iowa; he'd have to shoot around him. And he's been doing that all year. But I thought today was particularly interesting. I, I thought he got he was definitely frustrated with some of the calls. Uh, that that were called on him and were not called when he was on offense. Uh, you could just, I mean, you could just see that, you know, fr- from the way he was physically, um, you know, reacting to things. And and so I think that that probably had a lot to do. I think it was just a confluence of a lot of things. And again, it's late in the season. A guy who's been carrying this team on his back all year and hasn't, you know, a, what would be a quote off game. He also had three turnovers. I mean, you know, very not like Juwan Morgan, but I just think that all of it, you know, sort of mounted up and 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 showed him having an, a, a pretty down game. Especially, you know, considering the first time they played Iowa, he was dominant playing in the middle of that zone, yeah. you know, and just catching the ball and kicking it out or driving or whatever. And you really didn't see that today. So I would say that I think it was just a combination of a lot of things. Um, and, and, you know, you look at the numbers and you're not having Jawan Morgan and Freddie McSwain having their typical rebounding days and Indiana got murdered on the glass. So uh, that is not something we expect to see. It's not something we've seen often, but, you know, Cook alone had five offensive rebounds and, and he had 10, he finished with 10 and, and Iowa, you know, 33 to 19 on the rebounding advantage. That's not something you look for if you're Indiana. So um, I, I do think that there was just a lot of things that probably worked up to frustrate him a bit. 
And given all of that, I think is why this win is so impressive. Because look, there are, there are a lot of negatives, and I think you know when Archie Miller and the staff goes back to watch this. I mean, obviously the way Indiana started, oh, yeah. it wasn't good. Plenty of take. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean the stretch that you mentioned there in the second half after Indiana had built their own thirteen point lead, that wasn't good. But this, to me, the 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 way that Indiana was actually able to win this game, I think, is a sign of growth for the program because you're not going to come out every single game and have your A game, you know? And even a team that's built on defense and that has played defense as well as Indiana, you know, just because you're built on defense, it doesn't mean that you play, you come out with that same defensive energy and focus and kind of vitality every game. You know, sometimes you come out a little bit flat and the other team punches you in the mouth like Iowa did, you know, making their first 10 shots. So I was really impressed with how Indiana came back in the first half and it didn't take like a 15-0 run. Because in the past, I feel like for Indiana to come back in a game like this, the offense would have just had to go nuts and really pull them back. And that's not really what happened. You know, Indiana, uh, over the final 12 minutes of the sec- of the first half, just kind of systematically whittled away at the lead to get it down to three at halftime. Uh, and they did it by playing better defense, stringing together some stops, and being smart offensively. And so despite some of the struggles, and I think, you know, despite some of the issues rebounding, there was a a mental toughness on behalf of the entire roster today that was able to deal with some challenges on the road and take a pretty good punch from a team that's been struggling and still come out on top. And so I think even with all the warts of this game, I think there's something to grasp onto to say, this is the type of win I don't think we would have gotten maybe even six, seven weeks ago, let alone last year. And now we got it. And that's important because it's important in the Big Ten, especially on the road, to be able to win sometimes when you've got your B, B minus game. And I thought that's about what Indiana played defensively today uh, against, albeit a good offensive team, and they still were able to grind out a victory. And that, to me, is impressive. Yeah, no, and I think also you have to look at it as, um, as you said, you don't have your best stuff. You know, it's like it's like a, a major league pitcher who doesn't have his best stuff on that day, just kind of grinding it out and finding ways to get guys out. And and you know, with locate, you know, if you don't have your velocity, you use location and and you just be smarter than the other team. And I thought this, especially for about the first ten minutes of the second half, Indiana was the far smarter team, and, and they got the ball to the guys who were making plays. They got the ball to. Um, you know, Robert Johnson, they got it to Devontae Green. They let them create spread out Iowa's defense. And then defensively, they just didn't let anybody get past them, make them shoot jump shots, make them, you know, shoot from areas they don't want to shoot from, help out on the post, you know, make them shoot threes. I, I thought that they just played smarter. And that's not something we've said about Indiana basketball in a long time. They just played smarter than their opponent and wore them down. And then late, you know, it, it, again, that la- there was about a five-minute stretch there where Indiana did not play well. But and we've said this before, it's it's you know, if you if you finish well, all memories of playing badly are you know, go out uh, the window. And the, those last few possessions, Indiana knuckled down and played really well, despite being in foul trouble, despite having you know Justin Smith, who had as you said had a great game, um, out, out of the game, they they really knuckled down and played well. So. Well, uh, and it's also worth mentioning Indiana did end up going 14 of 24 from three point range. So you don't win this game if you don't hey, have one of your best shooting days. But hey, I was going to say, what have we been saying about this team all year? If they just had hit a couple threes, 
they'd win a lot more games, right? Isn't that what we? What we I believe said? I believe that has been mentioned. I that mean, has been, been stating the obvious, but it's been mentioned. yeah. I, I think that's been mentioned a few. But no, I mean, you know, some of these games, you hit one more three pointer and you win. You know, I mean, one or two more three pointers and you win, and you see what happens and what a dangerous weapon the three point shot is. You don't want to rely on it, but what a dangerous weapon that is, and how many mistakes that can make up for. I mean, essentially, they were fourteen and twenty four from three. And that made up for more than made up for Iowa's entire first half. You know, if you look at that, you know, it, it, where, where Iowa for about the first 10 minutes was on fire, you, you can cut that down uh, just by hitting a couple threes. So uh, it really is a, a dangerous weapon. It's why I think people have really wanted to see this team shoot better from the outside. Yep. All righty. Coming up on the assembly call, I will point out today's meaningful moment that you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers as we continue to break down Indiana's 84-82 to victory over Iowa. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's two-point victory over the Iowa Hawkeyes today that brought the Hoosiers up to 9-7 and seven in conference play. And it is time now for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And for this meaningful moment, I want to take you back into the second half. And it was a really great sequence by Justin Smith. And I thought Justin Smith, you know, he got himself into foul trouble. And so he was only able to play 20 minutes, but he finishes the game with 15 points, five of seven from the field. And I thought probably, you know, for a stretch in the second half, played the best defense that anybody played on Tyler Cook, um, even better than than Juwan Morgan. And you know, look, no one really played great defense on Tyler Cook because he had I a great day. Yeah, I thought well, well, besides Freddie at the end. Yes, at besides the end, the yeah. end. And, and we need to mention that, too. But there was a sequence in the second half. Like I, I think one of the main reasons that Justin hasn't been getting more minutes here late in the season is his struggles on defense. And I thought he had probably his best defensive sequence of the season in that stretch in the second half. And, you know, like he struggled to defend some ball screens. I thought he did a great job in this one possession, you know, popping out, defending a ball screen, and then recovering all the way back to get a steal on Tyler Cook. Then he runs the floor, gets a pass from Devontae Green, gets fouled, makes one of the two free throws. That gave Indiana their first lead of the game at 53-52. to On the next drive then, Cook tried to drive in on Smith. He bodied him up, forced a pass without fouling. Again, not a play that's going to, you know, show up on the highlight films. But some of those small things defensively are what have really kept Justin from getting more minutes. And I think tonight he would have played or today he would have played a lot more minutes if he hadn't been in foul trouble. But I think, you know, after what he did in Indiana's last game and then today, we are really seeing the growth in Justin Smith. And he's really becoming a more consistent contributor now for this team. And so, you know, we've seen the growth in him being able to finish through contact and get fouled and get to the line more and be able to be a more effective scorer. 
if he can now combine that with better defense, which at least today for, you know, for a portion of the game, he showed that's important. And I'll tell you the other thing that I like about Justin Smith is, you know, he got dunked on. I think it was back in the first half. He got dunked on by Tyler Cook or not dunked on. He got blocked that great two handed block that Cook had. And from that point on, for about the next 10 minutes, Justin Smith basically dominated the game because he came down Indiana's next two possessions, uh, had a couple of dunks, had that great defensive sequence that I talked about in the second half. He was really, really good. And so for a freshman to take that and not go into a shell, but come right back out after that and play some of the best basketball of the season, I was impressed with his mental toughness as well. So he's got to cut down on the fouls, but I saw a lot today from Justin Smith to be really pleased about. And that's the second straight game he's done that. What I loved was that he had that putback dunk like right after that. And then he had a little dunk where he drove along the side and just for no reason at all went with a reverse and hammered it down. That was a great pass by Hartman, too. It was. It dove was. from and, the short corner and it was a great pass. By and him. I will say about Colin Hartman, while he didn't score today and had some raggedy moments, he played pretty good defense and also had five assists, which uh, I don't think. I mean, he he kept a, he was one of the reasons we stayed afloat in the first half. Yeah, he, it, they put him in the middle of the zone and he kind yeah. of solidified things and they started moving the ball a lot better when he was in there but I you know it's one of those things where at first glance you think oh I didn't really see Colin Hartman doing much today but he really did have a nice game despite not being able to shoot uh you know hit any shots uh but yeah I would say um the <laughs> I love that about Justin Smith that he just came right back you know because a lot of freshmen will go into a shell after something like that and and you know it's embarrassing and or try to do too much you know but he yeah. he, pl- he came back but played within himself you know? Yeah, and you know your family's watching, your girlfriend's watching, and you just got completely, you know, hammered by a by by a block. And he came back down and and really showed himself. And he, you know, five of seven from the free throw line today, which is better than most team, most players on this team are doing. So, um, by the way, also Indiana only shot nine free throws today, where Iowa shot twenty two. But hey, we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> no. But no, I I really loved what I saw from Justin Smith today, and I think that it's again. Every time you see him step up, you get really excited, not just about the way he's playing, but about where he's going to be in a year, you know, and, and how how much a full offseason will do for him to get him to that next level. So you alluded to the other moment that I wanted to point out, and this was a rough day for Freddie McSwain, you know, defensively. He didn't start out very well. You know, we mentioned he struggled on the glass more than he has. But you talk about a guy who delivered a couple of clutch defensive possessions and Indiana really needed him. Uh, 82 to 82, Iowa has the ball. And, this, you know, I mentioned in the banner moment, Robert Johnson's three put Indiana up 82-78. Well, Iowa goes on a quick 4-0 run to tie it up. They've got the ball. And Tyler Cook, who had basically been doing whatever he wanted to do, takes it on Freddie. And Freddie just played such smart defense, you know, forcing him to the baseline. And because Freddie kind of beat him to the spot and was a little bit quicker and played with his feet instead of his body, he forced Cook to step out of bounds. And and you don't always see some of those defensive subtleties from Freddie, but I thought his positioning on that possession was so great. And then the next possession down is where, you know, he makes the cut. And obviously, I mean, Devontae Green couldn't have thrown a more perfect pass. But Freddie, not a guy who's always been great at being on the move, catching a ball, and then laying it in, even when he's wide open. All in one motion, Yes, and to his credit, in one of the biggest moments of the season for him, he was able to do it, and then goes down on the next possession, has another terrific defensive possession, forces a miss. Indiana ends up getting a rebound. So that 
you know, whatever it was, 30, 45 second stretch from Freddie McSwain at the end of the game. I mean, if he doesn't do that, Indiana might not win this game. And so another guy who, you know, despite some struggles was there at the end for Indiana showing that kind of mental toughness and resolve, not just on the offensive end, but getting it done on defense and having defense lead to offense, which is the difference for this year's team. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously, you're now the president of the Freddie McSwain fan club, so I'll let you gush all over that sequence. But it was it was some terrific defense by Freddie. That's Bottoms' thing. Let's not go that far. Uh, no, <laughs> I I think uh, it was uh, it, it just an impressive performance from Freddie on that last play. And what he did was he just didn't let himself get beaten. He didn't do anything special. He just didn't let himself get beaten. And a lot of times, the way you get beaten is by trying to do too much and step up and be too aggressive with a guy. And he just kind of held his ground made Cook make a move on him and and react to that move as opposed to overreacting or underreacting to that move. He just reacted the way he was supposed to, forced Cook out of bounds, um, and was was just it was smart as opposed again, Indiana just played smarter, I think, in the key moments than Iowa did. And it was just a smart possession by Freddie instead of trying to do too much. And we've seen Freddie try and do too much at times this year. Um, but lately what has really been great about him is that he's just doing what he can. He's finishing around the hoop. He's, you know, when he gets a chance, he's making his free throws uh, for the most part. Um, and, and and he's also rebounding. And those are the things he does well. And I thought today he, he just, you know, they couldn't put Morgan on cook because Morgan had four fouls. And so McSwain had to step up and he did on that possession and, and uh, played very well. And uh, on that last stretch. So I got to give him credit for, for stepping up today, especially because he wasn't that involved in the game throughout. And then he was able to step up and make a big play when needed. Yep. You are listening to the assembly call. IU post game show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips, breaking down Indiana's thrilling 84, 82 victory over Iowa today. Ryan, it's time to go inside the numbers and Oh, my favorite. Well, yeah, I know. Where's Andy when you need him? I know. Uh, (laughs) So uh, look, you know, if you watched the beginning of that game and you saw Iowa was, did they make their first 10 or 11 shots? It It was, it was insane. So here's a crazy number for you. Guess who finished in the lead in field goal percentage for the game? Indiana. <laughs> Indiana yeah. shoots 56% for the game. Iowa shoots 55% for the game. Uh, and look, obviously, no team is going to be able to maintain that kind of shooting. But part of it was, you know, at that point, Iowa was basically getting any shot that they wanted. And so when you're comfortable getting the shots that you want out of your offense, you're much more likely to make them and go on a big run. You know, for the rest of the game, outside of a few stretches, Indiana made it a lot harder on Iowa, and so it's no coincidence that they started shooting. You know, they were they were less hot. They started, you know, their shooting uh, lessened because they weren't getting exactly the shot that they wanted, and that's the kind of defense that Indiana has been playing. And so, I think that number right there is a testament to you know Indiana's ability to refocus on defense uh, and not just let the game totally get away from them and just chalk it up to a day where they just weren't going to do it on the defensive end. Archie wouldn't allow that, and then the players wouldn't allow that, and they got back into it. And it's obviously a testament to Indiana's own ridiculously hot shooting and, and going 14 of 24 from downtown. You know, this was a night where actually, uh, you know, usually Indiana's field goal percentage is driven by two point field goal percentage as opposed to three point shooting. Yeah. Well, in this game, you know, Iowa is the eighth tallest team in the country, and so while they aren't good defensively, uh, they're at 230th or something defensively. Because of their height, they presented a challenge for Indiana to where you were going to be able to get shots and score, but you might not be able to do it the way you normally want to do it. Because ironically, Indiana, a smaller team, 
it, it still does most of its work in the paint. You know, a guy like Juwan Morgan, uh, you know, is a big driver of that high two-point field goal percentage. Well, today Indiana showed that they, you know, they have some more tricks in their bag. And and if Robert Johnson and Devontae Green can keep shooting like this, obviously it makes everything better. So that flip of the three-point percentage driving the strong field goal percentage instead of the two-point percentage, uh, I thought was impressive. And then the other thing is Indiana won the turnover battle today. Indiana had 10 turnovers. Iowa had 17. Uh, and again, Iowa, not a good defensive team, but for the most part, Indiana, you know, outside of a few passes against the zone where they tried to make bounce passes. And, and really, I almost thought some of those were more the fault of the, the guy that the pass was going to uh, you know, be, being yeah. unable to handle it. They avoided some of the really bad turnovers. And in a one possession game, that makes all the difference. So uh, to me, those are some of the numbers that jump out. Also, 23 assists on 32 made field goals uh, is really big. And you're going to get that when you're making a lot of open three-pointers. Uh, what jumps out to you from the stat sheet? I, I was going to say the assists. I thought it showed that really in, uh, you know, with about 10 minutes left to go in the first half and then through about up until about five minutes left in the second half, Indiana really moved the ball well. And, and it wasn't just passing around the outside of the zone. And you could tell when the offense was running well and when it wasn't, they were going through that high guy at the at the, um, at the the free throw line in, in the zone and get it there, move it, because then you got to get the defense to react. If you're just passing around the outside of the zone, that's exactly what the zone wants. So um, I, I also think that, you know, uh, Iowa was 19 to 22 from the free throw line, Indiana six of nine. That, I mean, to make up a 13 point difference at the free throw line just through better offense is that's a huge deal. I mean, you're you're at a 13 point deficit there. 15 um, point difference in three point shooting helped compensate for that. That really did, and and I thought they defended the three well too. I, I didn't think in, Iowa got a whole lot of open looks, um, but I, I think that the assist number, the free throw totals, you know, making up for that difference, and then you know, seven steals for Indiana. Also, I, I thought they were really active in passing lanes, um, even if it wasn't. You know, you'd see a lot of times it was the guy who was, it wasn't the guy whose man was passing the ball. It was a guy somewhere else would get a hand on a ball, a deflection, as you, as you might say, and, and uh, the ball would come loose and somebody else would, would grab it. So uh, I thought that was really impressive too. Uh, the one, the one area I'll point out as a negative again is the rebounding 33 to 19. Iowa crushed Indiana on the glass. Again, a much bigger team. But you can't give up ten offensive rebounds. You just can't. And and uh, so I, I think that you know, especially against a team like Iowa, who's not that great, you're giving them second chance opportunities. You're giving a guy, um, you know, like Tyler Cook, a second chance. You can't do that because he's good enough with his first chance. And when you're giving him extra ones, you know, you're only gonna gonna suffer for that. So uh, overall, the numbers pretty much bear out what happened. But I, I think that. There are a few. There are certainly areas that Indiana is going to look at on film this week and and be upset about. But the most important number from this game, sixteen and twelve. That's Indiana's record now. Nine and seven is the other one in the or you know nine and what are we now? Are we nine and seven? Nine and seven in the Big Ten. Um, you know we, we clinched five hundred. Uh, that's a big deal considering where this team was a couple of weeks ago. Clinched uh, at least 500. At, right, right. And, uh, you know, so I, I think those are those are important things. They came away with a road win. Um, obviously, if you lose to Iowa, you're probably not going to wind up in the postseason. Um, I think we all knew that. But 16 and 12 looks a whole lot better than 15 and 13. The other number that, uh, that really jumps out to me is the blocks and steal numbers from Juwan Morgan and Zach McRoberts. 
zero. And so much of what Indiana has done defensively this year has been driven by those two guys. Uh, and I thought today, you know, they just they didn't quite have you know what they usually bring. Um, and and Juwan especially. I mean, he's a guy that gets a you know a lot of steals, a lot of blocks. You know, gets a lot of rebounds. He only had two. And and yeah, a lot of times, I mean, you have to be a good athlete to get blocks at this level. And Jawan is a sneaky good athlete, but he's also just active and he's aware and he's attentive. And I think when you see him put up a goose egg in those numbers, that's just another suggestion that something was off, uh, you know. And so, you know, hopefully this is just kind of a one game aberration for him and he puts it behind him and comes out in the next game. But yet again, you know, when you count on two guys like Juwan Morgan and Zach McRoberts to get you those, you know, kind of game changing plays, you know, I mean, Zach McRoberts is first in the conference in steal rate. You know, he doesn't get any steals in 24 minutes. Uh, you know, so when you have come to count on that and you don't get it, you have to get contributions in other areas that are unexpected. Obviously, the three point shooting was big. Uh, and then, it, you know, the performance turned in by Justin Smith was big. And so a really big just team victory for Indiana where guys normally count on don't step up. Other guys step up more, you know, Colin Hartman comes in and gets those five assists. So impressive for a team where it was absolutely horrifying, even, you know, fathoming long stretches of the game with Jawan Morgan out. This was a game on the road where Indiana actually played better with Jawan Morgan on the bench. And so that's not sustainable moving forward, but no. in a one game situation, sometimes you have to do that and still find a way to win. Uh, and that's why, again, another reason why I think today was a really impressive victory for Indiana, even though the opponent, you know, isn't going to, you know, necessarily show up on the resume or be one hey, that, that that's huge. I'll tell you what, though, about Iowa is they've not been good this year. They're talented. I think I honestly think their coaching kind of holds them down a little bit. Uh, I don't think Fran. Not, not a fan of Fran? <laughs> not not a very big fan of, of Fran. I mean, that play he drew up at the end of the game was just horrific. Um, but what I would say is they probably had this game circled for a while saying that's a game we can get at home early start Indiana, not a great team this year. This is a game we can win. And they started out the game like they were going to win the game. Like they knew they were going to win the game. And, and um, you know, I mean, kudos to Indiana for standing up to that and, and, you know, quickly shutting that down, that, that thinking process. I mean, by, by halftime, you know, it was 45, 42. Iowa had been up by 13, I think at one point and Indiana had closed that door and, and really put it in Iowa's mind that, okay, maybe we're not going to win this game. And Iowa played like that for most of the second half that they weren't going to win it. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I thought it was a nice job of Indiana reacting to what was a pretty tough situation early. Coming up on the assembly call, we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Iowa. We have not spent enough time yet talking about the contributions of Indiana's backcourt, Robert Johnson and Devontae Green. So we got to get into those guys and break down their performance uh, as we move forward. Talk a little bit more about Colin Hartman as well. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can also view all of our live broadcasts right on our homepage at assemblycall.com. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips. And Ryan, where are we going to be next week at this time? We are going to be in... Bloomington. Bloomington. That's right. So I wanted to take a few minutes here just uh, during the postgame show and let you all know whether you're listening on the podcast live or on the radio uh, that we are making our annual pilgrimage uh, to Bloomington for a game. We will be there for Robert Johnson's senior night. 
uh, and hey, obviously, hey, hey. And obviously many other guys, senior nights as well. I know, but look, Robert Johnson has been the guy who's gotten the most airtime on this show during his career. Uh, you know, so clearly this and, and obviously Andy Bottoms, the president of the Robert Johnson fan club, but we will be in Bloomington for that game. That game is obviously Friday. Uh, we're going to be hanging out somewhere in Bloomington, you know, probably Nick Saturday afternoon. We'll be at the game at the arena early, uh, and then we're going to hang out somewhere after that. So we'll let you know the full details of that. But if you're going to be in town, we'd love to meet you. We'd love to say hi. Uh, you know, so let us know. We'll you know we'll tweet stuff out on our Twitter account. If you're on the email list, I'll let you know on there as well. Uh, so we'd we'd love to have you come out, say hi, meet you um, before after the game. But just wanted to let you know that we will be in town. So if you're going to be there, let us know so we can. Uh, so we can shake your hand, say hi, and thank you for being a member of our audience and a member of the Assembly Call community. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about the two guards. Um, you know, Robert Johnson, I think for all of, for how great he was offensively. And, look, you know, there was a play. Let me get to my notes here and see when this was. Because as impressive as his three-point shooting was, there was a play in the second half. Um, ah, here it was. So Iowa had made it 74 to 73. And so Indiana clinging, uh, you know, that 13 point lead whittled all the way down to one. And, you know, Robert hadn't gotten many good looks after hitting that eight three pointer because, you know, or the ninth three pointer, that was the eighth three pointer. The ninth would come later because Iowa actually decided to, you know, start guarding him a little bit tighter. And so he took it, the guys overplaying him, and he just drives in himself and scores a nice little bucket, uh, you know, down right. in the paint to make it 76 73. And so it's nice to see him, you know, have the patience, you know, have the awareness to do that. Um, and, and, you know, to be able to do that without to look confident doing it and not kind of panic when he got in the lane like we've seen. Uh, and so, you know, four assists, only one turnover for Robert. That was impressive. And I thought his defense today was outstanding. I mean, especially in the second half, you know, one of the things that Indiana did when they turned their defense around is they just they made things a little bit harder on Iowa's guards. The passes into the post weren't as easy. You know, they weren't able to dribble and get to the spots they wanted to go to. And Robert, I thought, was playing some really outstanding perimeter defense. So the headliner, obviously, the three pointers and Indiana doesn't win this game without all nine of his three pointers. But overall, I mean, I struggle to think of a lot of games that were more complete games for Robert Johnson than this one. I mean, this very well may have been the best game that he played in Indiana uniform, not just the three-point shooting, but everything he did today. Yeah, I thought he played pretty well in Jordan Bohannon, too, for, for stretches where he was on him, didn't let him get loose. Obviously, Bohannon hit a couple threes later, but you know, to finish 3 of 12 and 2 of 10 from 3, uh, he just wasn't getting good looks. And I thought that Johnson and the other perimeter defenders all um, really turned in solid performances there. But yeah, Robert, I mean, look, anytime you hit nine to 12 from three and, and by the way, his shot looked so much better today. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, I know it's, and he well, airballed he, one. I know, <laughs> I, I know, I know it's, I know it's, well, he made nine threes. Of course the shot looked better, but no, I mean, the form was better. Uh, a couple, he did fade away on, uh, Ed that went in, um, just cause he was, you know, he was unconscious at one point, but no, he was stepping into his shots as opposed to sort of being flat footed, jumping straight up or jumping back, uh, and twisting his whole body as we've seen all year. He was, he was confident. I don't know what happened, um, but he was he was super confident on his shot today and and it looked great. And so all credit to him for being, you know, just stepping into those threes instead of just firing them, which I think feel like he's done most of the year. He's just kind of launching threes as opposed to confidently stepping up. And so I I really liked what I saw from him today on both ends of the floor. Uh I, I also liked how he picked his spots offensively, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you start hitting threes. 
you start just going nuts. And and I thought that he picked his spots and was willing to make the extra pass too today when he didn't have a great look um, and, and was able to, you know, instead of just driving straight into the teeth of the defense, like sometimes guys do when they're on fire, he really waited until he had something worth, you know, attacking with. And, and, and so give him credit for that. Also, Robert, Man, you had a great shooting day. Make your free throw late, buddy. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like the one way he had a perfect chance to like put an exclamation point on it, make those free throws, put himself over 30 points, and he missed the front end. I was just like, oh, Robert. I know. He would have, you know, ended the game essentially. But overall, great game for Robert. I would love to see him shoot this confidently down the stretch. I think it would be huge for Indiana if we can get that one guy hitting those threes. So uh, we've mentioned that Devontae Green had a nice, a nice bounce back game tonight. He finishes with 18 points, uh, six assists. We've, I mean, you know, we, we've uh, praised him a ton for that pass to Freddie McSwain, which is beautiful. But he, you know, he had a lot of good passes uh, tonight, you know, finishes yeah, with he six moved assists. The ball well. I mean, he just, you know, he continues to be the one guy on this team that can really create for other guys. Uh, you know, Colin Hartman was able to do some of that because Iowa was playing his own and because, you know, he's so smart in those situations. But, right. You know, you know, Devontae can just create offense where where there isn't necessarily offense. And I think, you know, for a guy like Robert Johnson, you know, usually he's got to, you know, get some open shots within the flow of the offense. And when he gets a heavy dose of him like he does today, he can get into a real rhythm. You know, there were a couple times, I mean, that one was back in the first half when Devontae just, you know, took, I think it was took Bohannon off the dribble, you know, had a couple of crossover dribbles and, you know, took him into the lane. I mean, he is easily the only Hoosier who's going to be able to make that play. Uh, and so for him to come out, you know, have six assists, one turnover. So that's 10 assists and two turnovers for Indiana's backcourt. I mean, that is a terrific job by the starting backcourt. And I thought shot selection wise, Devonte was really good today. You know, he, 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 he's seven of 10, uh, four or five from downtown. You mentioned earlier that the three pointers that he hit in the first half were really big. I mean, it was almost kind of like the Seton Hall game where nothing was really going offensively in the first half. And Devonte had to kind of keep Indiana in the game. Now, obviously that Seton Hall game got way out of control, of but today, you know, today, I mean, look, it was important early to just keep it within, you know, 10, 13 points because of the run Iowa was on. So those were big threes that he was hitting that then kept Indiana just, you know, within arm's reach when the defense finally, you know, kind of stepped back up and they were ready to make the comeback. So I thought that offense was really big. And, and you know, look, I think with Devontae, you're looking for signs of maturity. You know, you're looking for signs of a guy who kind of gets it, who can bounce back. Uh, and I thought we really saw that today because he didn't play very well in the last game, you know, bounce back. And now it's, you know, you take out the last game and the game against Purdue. And that's what six out of the last eight games have been really good for Devontae. Um, and, and so I, I was just, I was really impressed with what he was able to do on the road. And he was a real steadying influence for Indiana. Um, that when he was out of the game, Indiana's offense really struggled. That was in part because Josh Newkirk, you know, did not play very well today. Um, yeah. Well, in, at what point uh, early in the season did you think you would be calling Devontae Green a steadying influence? On the team, well, I mean, you and, know, and, no, and, and this is, you know, and who would have thought that we would be praising, you know, Freddie McSwain, you know, for defense late for clutch plays. I mean, that's why you've got to let a season play out because so many things can happen that you don't expect, you know. And, and I think the maturity of Devonte Green and him really seeming to get it is—it's one of the most interesting, it's one of the most rewarding, and it's one of the most important storylines from this season. Yeah, and and just maturity, and you're you're seeing players being developed and playing better and that that definitely happened under the past uh the past regime they they developed players very well uh but you're also seeing these guys 
you know, really step their games up on both ends of the floor. And, and I felt like a lot with the pass regime, you saw guys get a lot better offensively, but you're just seeing defensive intensity out of these guys that we didn't expect and didn't see. I mean, Devontae Green has always talked about wanting to be a great defender, but now we're, we're seeing it on a consistent basis. We, we would see it in flashes, but now we're seeing it on a consistent basis. You're seeing Justin Smith play really good defense at times. You're seeing Al Durham. I mean, Al Durham only played a few minutes today, but when he was in there, he was, he was good. He had two assists, a steal, played solid defense. Um, you know, and you're just seeing it from all these guys across the board, uh, really buy into what's being preached, and and it's paying off as they've they've played really well in this last stretch. Speaking of comments, you didn't think that you would see in our chat. I just saw someone say, "Someone find Freddie one more year." I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, that's that's the kind of performance that he's turned in. Uh, by the way, I just saw the Ken Palm stats update, so we'll talk about those uh, here in just a second. You are listening to the by way, call. By the way, I don't think we've mentioned this four in a row for Indiana. Four wins in a row for Indiana. Uh, now we mentioned it, but it's worth mentioning again. Okay. And that and 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 this is why you know now we're in uncharted territory and and. This is kind of why I wanted to pump the brakes a little bit with everybody talking about running the table down the stretch, you know, with these three games, because Indiana had won three in a row before, but they hadn't shown the kind of consistency you need to put a stretch of four games together, five games together. And now we've won four in a row. So we're kind of in uncharted territory, uh, which, you know, I, I think means, hey, we're, we're ready for this challenge to end the season against Nebraska, Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. You know, we're playing our best basketball of the season. We're winning in different ways. Let's go and let's take our chances. Um, and that, You know, I, I didn't. I don't think you really could have thought that we would be in that position eight weeks ago. Um, but really, I think if you go back and listen to some of our preseason shows, Ryan, the team is kind of right now where we thought they would be by this point. I just don't think we expected so many step back steps back in the non-conference to where it would seem like they've come so far. You know what I mean? Because, you know, the, Probably, some of those yeah. losses. But I mean, I think, you know, we talked about Indiana being, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh best team in the conference, playing their best basketball at the end of the season, uh, you know, being able to take advantage of the schedule opening up at the end of the year. All of those things are happening. It's just been a more circuitous uh, and, you know, overall less successful route to get here than we thought. Um, circuitous was your on your word of the day calendar, wasn't it? Yes. So I was committed to getting it in here. By the way, I hope everybody took screenshots of uh, when Indiana was first in the conference in uh, in defensive efficiency because Indiana is now fifth after today's game. They've dropped to 0.992 points per pos uh, um, possession as uh, Iowa scored one point, I think, one eight points per possession today. Um, you know, I mean probably bound to happen at some point. Indiana probably wasn't. And look, Indiana did build some of that defensive run against some offenses that were pretty bad. And this Iowa offense is, you know, they're, they're a pretty good offense. Um, Indiana now 59th in the country. But again, to be able to win when you're not playing uh, as good a defense, I thought was impressive. And now I think you got to take that defense back up a notch uh, as you go to Nebraska and then play Ohio State. Uh, let's talk real quick about Colin Hartman uh, because highlights for Colin Hartman have been few and far between. Uh, and, you know, for a while there, it kind of looked like he might not play again as the injuries just started to pile up. But you talk about uh, guys that Indiana would not have won without today, and you add Colin Hartman uh, to that list. Didn't do a ton in the second half, but the stretch in the first half when he had four assists uh, and, and played some solid defense. And, you know, I shouldn't say he didn't do a ton. He did play some solid defense in the second half. Uh, you know, he plays 17 minutes, doesn't make any shots. But I thought we kind of saw some Colin Hartman things today. And we haven't seen a ton of Colin Hartman things since the injury started to pile up against Wisconsin. And that was great to see. If he can 
kind of finish out his career, being able to come in and give Indiana, you know, 14 to 18 good minutes a game, be a steadying influence, uh, you know, make some good passes, get a little steal uh, here and there like he was today, play smart defense. That's really going to be a big bonus for Indiana, have a guy like that off the bench. Yeah, Hartman looks like a football player when he's out there with just his knee wrapped, his, you know, he goes to the bench and his arms getting iced. I mean, it's just, it, it looks like he's been through a war. And, um, I, you know, so whatever he can give you at this point is great, but I don't think you're going to see much from a shooting perspective just because his arm and knee are, you know, those, those are key. Those are clearly key, key components to a jump shot. But um, he did have the five assists today, one rebound, two steals, a block. He, he was active and and i think that you know at this point you've got to sort of look for the silver linings with him just because he's been so injured and he's been so snake bitten during his career but um i i did think he was very active defensively and made some stuff happen and and that's a a huge positive uh any other individuals jump out to you that we haven't we haven't really gotten into newkirk very much i think other than that we've really kind of broken down all the all the notable performances from hoosiers today i you know you know one guy who i do want to call out uh, is Archie Miller. Um, you know, and sometimes we kind of allude to good coaching, uh, you know, through what we say, but we don't always talk about it specifically. And I thought Archie called a good game today. Uh, you know, I thought he took some smart timeouts when momentum was getting a little bit away from Indiana. There was a, a timeout early. I don't remember exactly where it came. Uh, and you only saw maybe about a second and a half of it before they cut out. No, I'll tell you when it was. It was it was early. Uh, it was when the, the horn sounded because there were all kinds of issues at Carver Hawkeye yeah. Arena today at the beginning of the game. And so the horn sounds and they have to go over and look at it. And there was about a two or three minute delay. And he called all the guys over uh, and you could tell that he just lit into them. And I think Archie sensed that the guys were flat, you know, that again, that it was like the Michigan game and like the Ohio State game where they just didn't quite have it. And it just it felt to me like he just wasn't going to take it today. Um, and, I, you know, you saw some frustration. And I thought, you know, right there, that was an important moment to get the guys together and really get him going. And it didn't change anything right off the bat. But I think what you saw today is the impact of having a coach that has a standard for how hard and how focused you have to play and it's sinking in and not allowing this to become a 40 minute malaise, but instead, you know, being a game where Indiana was able to recover itself because it has an identity, it was able to rely on that. And then, you know, obviously you needed something special to happen today to win, you know, with the way you started and with the way Juwan Morgan played. And you got that with the three point shooting. But I still I thought Archie made some good decisions, um, you know, with lineups, uh, with, you know, times that he kind of lit into his team um, that sometimes you have to do, especially in these kind of odd afternoon games on the road in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I, look, Archie has has earned. I mean, I know the record. If you just looked at this season from the outside without actually watching these games, you'd say, "Well, he's, I mean, he's having an okay year, I guess. It's his first year." But you watch the way this team has developed and the way that he has handled these players and and sort of developed them, not just. Overall, we talked about development of getting guys better and getting them to buy in, but I'm talking like game to game in games. I, I just think that that you've got to give him a ton of credit. He is in charge of this team. These guys know it. Um, I think they like him, but there's also an element where they might be a little afraid of him <laughs> on the, the way he stalks the sideline and stuff. And there's a benefit to that. I, I don't mean afraid of him like you're going to abuse a guy or, or you know scream at him and and you know belittle him. But I mean, you know, there's a little like you know. Hey, get it together. You're not going to play. And, you can and tell I, from the reactions when he says stuff that they don't necessarily like maybe what's being said in the moment, but it still sinks in. <laughs> and it, yeah, and it and it works. 
That's the yeah. other thing. And the key is getting a result. And, and uh, you've just seen it. I, I mean, he is in charge on the bench. And you have a, watching these games and watching the last couple of weeks, if you're an Indiana fan, you have to have confidence in this guy. I mean, it's, it's there. And, and, you know, the other thing is, is one thing that's, it's a really small thing, but late in games, offensively he's not you know a guy who's i mean his his offenses are good but he's not known as like a super you know genius offensively but late in games the possessions this team runs now over the last few weeks they clearly have a plan of what they're going to do who they're going to go to who they're not going to go to and how to get it and and you know and and lots of options as well for what's going to happen and uh you've seen it and you've seen it over and over again and that Devonte green pass to freddie mcswain was a perfect example they knew what was going to be open and they attacked it and and you know having a plan uh you know the, the great quote is that a plan is just a list of things that doesn't happen but in when you have a plan that has several options and 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 different variations in it and you know where to go with it in your when you're a basketball player it it changes everything you know instead of having some nebulous concepts of oh no we're going to we're just going to run a motion offense no he has a plan of what he wants and they attack it and, and they find it and and over the last few weeks we've seen it in key situations this team's coming through Absolutely. All right. Coming up in our final segment of this edition of the Assembly Call, we hand out our game balls. We look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, and then we deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's 84 to 82 victory over Iowa in last call. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips, and we are wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's 84-82 to 82 victory over Iowa. It's a real shame that Andy Bottoms couldn't be here with us today, although he did text me in the middle of the game and say that he was listening to it and it sounded like Robert Johnson was red hot and he wished he could be uh, on the show. So I'm sure uh, at some point, uh, you know, maybe it'll be uh, you know next Thursday for Assembly Call Radio, we will get Andy's reflections on this incredible performance from Robert Johnson. Um, but let's allow that to lead us into our game ball segment. Uh, Ryan, you've got a few choices. You could go with Freddie McSwain again. It'd be pretty easy to talk yourself into that with the defense he played late. But you've also got a couple of standout performances from the backcourt to choose from as well. I'm going with Devontae Green. I think 18 points, four rebounds, six assists. I mean, <laughs> Devontae Green was their leading rebounder today. I mean, <laughs> that's that's a little... Uh, disconcerting, but uh, a steal, only one turnover, and it came very late. And he bounced back from that turnover by making that game ceiling assist to Freddie McSwain. I think I think Devonte gets my game ball today. Uh, he's and I think it's the first of what are going to be many moving forward. He's really settling into that role as the sort of the playmaker on the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, it's got to be Robert Johnson uh, on what See, was... I knew you were going to go there, so I, I tried to give Devonte some love. Yeah, no, and I, I like I appreciate it. Although my game ball is about to go to my daughter who just stepped in here. You want to come say hi? <laughs> no. Uh, my game ball goes to uh, goes to Robert Johnson. Um, you know, twenty nine points as we mentioned, the four assists, the one turnover. I just thought it was his most complete game as a Hoosier that I can remember uh, on a on a day when. Indiana, this win wasn't going to be driven, you know, by holding the other opponent down. And you couldn't just rely on Juwan Morgan to be his usual self. The Hoosiers really needed someone to step up. And Robert was that guy. Uh, the offense got him good looks and he stepped up and made him. And, and, you know, even though it hasn't been a particularly great season from a shooting perspective for Robert, you know, lo and behold, he's now up to 37.3% from downtown. That's better than last year. 
Um, and so, you know, sometimes you just have to be patient in conference games. He's now shooting 39.8%. That's in the top 20. Uh, right? and, and that's something that we've talked about, Ryan, a guy with the track record of Robert Johnson that has played so much Big Ten basketball as him. It just didn't seem sustainable for him to keep shooting that poorly. Now, he's obviously had a couple of just tremendous shooting days that have really bumped that up. But, you know, sometimes you're going to have days like that where you're just red hot and Indiana really needed it today. So, you know, nine for 12 on a day when you win by 25, maybe not so impressive. Nine for 12 on a day when your team wins by two and they needed every single one of them. That's huge. And it's a big moment for a senior stepping up on the road. And I know that Robert's season has been up and down this year. But look, I mean, he just went out and delivered his signature performance, um, you know, and essentially delivered this win for Indiana uh, in a game that they really needed coming down the stretch. So huge kudos to Robert Johnson uh, and obviously honorable mention uh, game balls to uh, to Freddie McSwain, to Justin Smith and to Colin Hartman for their contributions today. But I think this was a game a lot of Indiana's performances this year have been driven by the front court and the back court has been the reason why Indiana has lost. Today, the backcourt stepped up. Robert Johnson, Devontae Green, they were the reason that Indiana won today. Uh, so really impressive by both guys. When was the last time Jawan Morgan didn't get a game ball? It's been a while. Yeah, Probably probably Michigan think, State. Right? Probably the Michigan State game where he got hurt, uh, I would imagine. I mean, and that's the thing. He's just, you know, he's been so Automatic. good. Yeah, and I think that's why, that's why his performance today was notable because it really stands out. And not just from the lack of production, like, you know, you might have a game where you miss some shots and you only get 12 points. He just seemed off. And so I think that's and, and you kind of alluded to this, Ryan. You know, he's a guy that so much has been asked of him, you know, I mean, and, and so much has been on his shoulders. I think you do kind of worry a little bit about him running out of steam, you know, down the stretch. Sure. Um, and, I mean, it's and, understandable. Yeah. And we have no idea if that's what happened today. I mean, you're going to have to, you know, see him come out in the next game and then against Ohio State and see how he is. Um, but it just, it didn't look like him today. This was not the guy that has been the driving force behind, you know, Indiana being, you know, nine and seven in the conference, really. Um, but again, to his teammates' credit, they stepped up and they carried and, him across the finish line when he's done that for them so many times this yeah, year. Yeah. And, and to, you know, to be fair to Juwan, it looked like he was engaged. It didn't look like he was just wandering through the game. But I, I really think that getting the early foul trouble, sitting out, then maybe some of the calls that went against him or or that he didn't get, plus the early start, plus again wearing down. I think it was a lot of things. I don't think it's just one thing you can point to. I think there were a lot of things working against him in this game. And uh, you know, but they finished the game out. And, and the 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 real key to me to see that he was off was just the rebounding. I mean, he was getting out rebounded. Well, and the steals and blocks, because those have been so consistent yeah. too. You know, and again, that's effort and, and awareness. So anyway, let's we know Indiana's playing Nebraska. Andy's usually the one who does the previews for these. We do. We ha we actually have a really good question here in the chat, Ryan, that I want to get to. Sure. Um, so let me just say this as we look ahead to the Nebraska game. Nebraska is, they're currently 54th in Ken Palm. As we know, they have a really gaudy record. They haven't really beaten a whole lot of teams. Um, they really had their Big Ten schedule layout about as favorably as anybody. I think they had like what single plays against all the top five or six teams in the conference. So it was kind of one six in a row too. That's yeah. So, and, and here's the thing about Indiana to where you, know, you just, you got to pause the brakes a little bit, maybe on being overly enthusiastic about the four game win streak. Any four game win streak in conference play is impressive, but just to play devil's advocate, you know, the four teams that Indiana has beaten here are their rankings in Ken Palm 147, 106, 112, and 100. 
So number one, that's it's not, a testament. It's not 300 at least. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of a testament to how bad the Big Ten is that you can have a four-game winning streak and not beat a top 100 team in the Big yeah. Ten. I mean, that's I don't know when the last time that is. But, you know, now, again, Indiana's primed itself beating some of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Now they step up and they play two of the best in Nebraska and Ohio State. So a really big test um, uh, for this Indiana team uh, to see really where they're at now. Um, but here's here's the question from Anthony, Ryan, and I want to get your thoughts on this. We're all pretty excited about Miller's performance this year, as we talked about. But do you guys have any honest criticism to keep it from feeling we're, like we're inflating a bubble? Um, and to me, there's a couple of obvious things that jump out. But what do you think? I mean, criticism. obviously, look, they've been beating teams that aren't as great as you just pointed out of course dampening the whole thing but no i, th I think the, the shooting the free throw shooting are definitely criticisms uh the things that need to be more consistent um i think that they're you know if you're gonna look and point at what this team is missing and was i mean there's a lack of size and you play a michigan state or, or, or uh even a purdue right now it's gonna be tough because they just don't have size on the inside without deron davis uh, there's plenty of holes in this team. The key is they've got to find ways to beat teams creatively. And, and they've done that over the last couple of weeks. And then when they played Michigan State at home, when they played Purdue at home, they played well enough to keep those games within reach. And they did it again, creatively being smarter than the other team. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, we're talking about this team. And when you talk, when you praise them, you're praising how far it's come. Not, you know, overall, I don't think this team is, is ready to be thrown into the NCAA tournament expected to make a run. I'm just, you know, when we're talking about them, we're talking about the distance they've traveled this season, how much better they are now than they were. And then also what gets me excited, and I've mentioned this a lot, is looking forward to next year with the guys who are coming in added to the guys who are returning. I think this team is building something pretty special. Um, especially if you land a, and if you land a guy like Romeo Langford, it resets all expectations. So I, I think that's when we're excited about this. We're excited about the growth of the program, not necessarily where this team is, you know, ready to take on the best teams in the country or anything like that. I think we're excited about the 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 road this team's been on and where it's gotten to. Yeah, I think it's it's impossible to just judge this season on, you know, kind of a flat standard, right? Yeah, it's like the standard for Indiana is, okay, 16 and 12, not even being on the bubble. That's unacceptable. No, of course. That's year totally, to year, that's completely unacceptable. Yeah, that, that's totally true. But it's it, it really, like, if that's how you're going to judge this team, I don't really know why you're watching the games. You know, like, I feel like that's unfair. And really, it's just kind of ridiculous, given the fact that, you know, this team lost in the first round of the NCAA uh, NIT tournament last year, you know, loses three pros, they fire the coach. Clearly, something was not right. And, and, and I think seeing what Chris Holtman has done at Ohio State, I think, has exacerbated some of the the frustration that people might have had with the way that Indiana started. But as we've talked about many times, those situations are they're comparable in some ways, but they're very different in other ways. And so, it, you know, you want, a more one -to -one, you want a more one to one comparison? Look at Illinois. That's yeah. the more one to one comparison of, of where these teams were and where they are. And Indiana is way further along. And a lot of people yeah. love and the you, Brad Underwood hire, too. And I and think you can see Illinois better. getting better. Like, that's, yes. you know, th th those both of those programs are kind of changing styles, you know, yes. instituting something they that's, want that's why it's a more one to one. Comparison. Yes. And and so I think you know you talk about frustrations with Archie, you know, not being able to figure out a way to unlock better shooting, that's that's a criticism. Um and we're not there, so I don't know what to criticize specifically, but when you're the coach overseeing an Indiana team that's sub 300 and in three-point shooting and free throw shooting, I feel like the coach has to take some 
responsibility for that. And and maybe, you know, it, that may be one of those things where the 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 responsibility is we focus 75% of our our focus on defense to the detriment of our offense and that's why. And so that is a criticism to a certain extent, but it also is part of the explanation for why the defense has gotten better. So a lot of this stuff is complicated and interwoven. Um and I think, you know, it's the same thing. It's like with a guy like Devonte Green, okay, why wasn't Archie maybe able to coach Devontae Green through some of his struggles earlier in the year and unlock some of this? Well, I don't know. Maybe Devontae Green just wasn't ready. Maybe it took two months of holding him accountable with the bench and a quick hook to get him to this point. And there wasn't a way to accelerate that. Um, but I think that would be the other criticism is for a guard, you know, to have four guards that all have offensive efficiencies under 100 um, although Robert Johnson's clearly has bumped ahead of that now. He's at 101.8 after this game. But to go through the majority of your season with four guards, you know, two of them who are seniors with offensive efficiencies under 100, you know, I think probably some responsibility there goes to Archie Miller as well. But again, it may be because the focus was so much on defense and now you're playing a new system on offense. So, but, but those are those are some of the things to me that you can point out um, as criticisms because everything hasn't been perfect this year. Uh, but I think on the whole, I think you agree, and I think the vast majority of IU fans agree that this it's been a very positive first uh, first season for the Archie Miller experience and getting better. You know, as we go down the stretch here. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. All right, you're listening to the Assembly Call. Uh, remember that because you are an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off of your entire order at HoosierProud.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, one of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts, or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana-inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com and use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout. That's HoosierProud.com, promo code ASSEMBLY for 15% off your entire order. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips. And Ryan, let's wrap it up. And it's time for Last Call, your opening uh, you open us up closing statements on this Indiana victory over. Iowa. Uh, I want to remind all Indiana fans tonight that two Indiana guys are going in the NBA all-star uh, festivities. You've got Eric Gordon trying to defend his three point shooting title, and you've got Victor Oladipo in the dunk contest. Tune in and watch it root for a Hoosier. Uh, you don't have to watch the all-star game. It's kind of a joke unless you want to watch Victor do some stuff, but you know, the 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 all-star weekend stuff is always fun so tune in root on your uh your fellow hoosiers um just basically i i I basically sum up what i've said and that's that i really thought that it it showed a lot of mental toughness for indiana to stick with this game after such a terrible start um you know where iowa was just on fire and there's really nothing you can do when a team is hitting all the shots like that uh indiana really turned it around stepped up battled through it got a solid lead in the second half looked like they were going to run away with it iowa caught a second win brought it back and indiana was strong enough down the stretch to to hold them off and and make the the smart effective plays when they needed to down the stretch and so i mean that's all encouraging all of that is encouraging and again in a day where you don't have your best player at his best everybody else stepping up and congrats to robert johnson on the uh, career high and tying Two guys that don't exactly live on in lore in Indiana history with Roderick Wilmont and and Matt Roth, guys that we remember and recognize, but long-term IU fans probably can't even pick those guys out of a lineup. Uh, he has tied them with the uh, the, the single-game three-point record. Um, hey, he's still got time to beat it. I mean, he's still got a couple games left to maybe beat it, so we'll see. I like the uh, way you think. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I need it down the stretch, Robert. So uh, bottle up whatever you had today and, and keep it with you. 
Yeah, I mean, look, final statement from today's game. Just really impressed with how Indiana was able to go on the road, take a big punch uh, early, uh, and and come back. And and you know, to me, I, I thought coming out of the under twelve minute timeout, I thought Indiana had a great defensive possession. Uh, and I distinctly remember Freddie McSwain, you know, kind of having you know one of his first good defensive possessions uh, of the game. You know, really bodying up well. And I thought to myself, okay, it looks like we've kind of got the defense figured out. I, you know, that looks like our defense. I think we're going to start playing better now. And you know, and lo and behold, we did. And it's it's fun to watch a program now, you know, that is driven by its defense, but also be able to combine some really breathtaking offense. And at times, you know, when you have guards who go thirteen of seventeen from three point range, like Robert and Devonte did. That makes offense fun to watch, and this offense hasn't always been fun to watch, uh, but it sure was today. And so, if you can get those guys, you know, clicking, they probably won't click again like that all season long. But get them clicking at seventy-five percent of that level, you know, get the Juwan Morgan that we all know and love, kind of back at it, and keep the defense. Then this team can still do some things down the stretch. So uh, again, you know, we talked about how this four-game winning streak has been driven by playing some of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Well, now we're going to get our opportunity to see where Indiana is on the road at Nebraska, at home against Ohio State. You know, those are going to be tough games, but they're winnable games. Indiana can win at Nebraska. They can beat Ohio State at home. And for a team that's had so many close calls this year to kind of get that real signature win, obviously Notre Dame was uh, was a good, was an impressive win. But in Big Ten conference play, to get that real signature win, these are two opportunities to get it. And so uh, I'm excited that the Hoosiers are on this uh, on this four game winning streak. I'm excited they were able to win in a different way today. And now uh, we all look forward to these final two games. Hopefully they can uh, they can win at least one of them and get some momentum heading into the Big Ten tournament. And, uh, and let's see what else this team is capable of. All right, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you again uh, when's that game against, uh, that's Tuesday, next Tuesday. It's a late game. So we will talk to you late after that Indiana Nebraska game wraps. And then we will be on our way to, uh, Bloomington for the game next, uh, next Friday. We really look forward to that until then keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the assembly call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com support that lists five ways that you can support the Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. 
So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.